Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Ann Johnson, former owner of FB Fog and local artist. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What do they have coming up? A virtual coffee talk. Another virtual coffee talk? Absolutely. Where you bring your own coffee? Bring your own coffee, settle in, and get ready to learn. What are we going to learn this time? This time, it is leading remote teams virtually. Now, who's putting that on? It is presented by Dr. Tracy Danner Oldenwelder, president and owner of Total Dynamic Organization. You know, she has a little office spot right around the corner. I know. She's our neighbor. She's across the back alley. That sounds bad. (laughs) (laughs) She is going to be presenting all about... Leading remote teams virtually. So when it comes to leading virtual teams, the physical distance between you and your teammates is the price you pay for the advantages of remote collaboration. And that distance can make communication harder and it's harder for teammates to feel connected. And then a sense of isolation can set in. And as that happens, you lose the potential that teamwork creates. That sounds pretty serious. It does. At this point, many organizations are not planning to come back to their offices this year with some saying they may never come back. So what are you going to do? In this session, you will learn to better lead your team, manage tasks, and build teamwork remotely. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Ann Johnson with us. Welcome. Thank you. You're I'm glad welcome. to be here. No problem. Thanks for stopping by. Well, tell us all about yourself. Oh, my. Well, we don't want to do that. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's far too many stories in there. But I think the thing you probably want to know, I was originally the owner of F.E. Fogg, mm-hmm. which was an art gallery and art studio here on High Street. And then I moved to Main Street. We created handmade paper sculptures. Uh, My claim to fame, of course, is the cow clock, which uh, the tongue was the pendulum and the whiskers were the hands that told the time. And this was featured on a Canadian cook show. And immediately overnight, I had 600 orders. So takes a licking (laughs) and keeps on ticking took me a long way. Yes, I've seen some of your work here, there, and everywhere around Muncie. Uh, the one I remember is a, a dog, like a oh my God. retriever dog yes. there. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, one year I made 630 retreat, golden retriever clocks, and I thought, that's enough for a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough for the world, actually. As a matter of fact, there isn't probably a week that goes past that I still do not get an email with someone saying, please, 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 just make me a pair of Wicked Witch shoes, or oh hey aren't you the lady that makes the retriever clocks you know all of my children have one but I have a new grandchild and I need a lab and da 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 (laughs) and I have to say hey yes I am that lady but I'm no longer in business now tell everybody where you 
your business was located? It was the men's club on Main Street in downtown Muncie. As a matter of fact, uh, Jay Roberts Daly said to me when he was dressed as Santa Claus at a Rotary meeting, it was shortly after I'd had a fire in the other location over on High Street, which was called Once in a Blue Moon. He said to me, I understand, little girl, you're looking for a building. (laughs) And I said, well, Santa, what did you have in mind? And he said, meet me at two o'clock in the men's club. So anyway, I did. I walked in. You could smell the cigar smoke. It was dark. Uh, Jay Roberts said, could this be the new home of F.B. Fogg? And I looked around and I said, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm out in my studio now on Burlington and it's working out. And he said, yes, but you need to expand. Yes, uh, I think you very badly need to expand. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm not sure about that. And I said, how much do you want for the building? When he told me the price, I just started laughing. I said, you're looking at a dog clockmaker. You're not looking at (laughs) Miss Megabucks. And he laughed. He said, so what would you give me? And I just threw out a number. And he said, I'll call you this afternoon. I went home and said to my husband, Oh my goodness, Jack, I don't know what I've done. I think we bought a building in downtown Muncie. (laughs) Well, the paper said the next morning, Muncie woman buys men's club. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You're like, I don't know if that's the headline I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. So, now, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a group with a, uh, a bunch of older gentlemen, and right. they remember that men's club yes. and going in there for lunch during yes. the uh, okay. work week and I things like that. I have to like ask, yes. for other young people-ish people <laughs> like me who might not know what this men's club is, is it just like a... It wasn't a strip club. Okay. I'm like, is a, this a gentleman's club? What is A this? men's club. Yes. No women allowed. Okay. No women allowed. So the He-Man Womanators Club for grown-ups... Had and an you actual could go building. Have, have yes. Uh, and, okay. All right. That's it, what I thought it was. It had a lock on okay. the door that you had a key to. Oh. You had to be invited in. Uh, for a long time, I had a glass jar on the table at the front, and they would drop their keys in because, of course, I'd changed the locks. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, by the end of six months, I was amazed. I didn't realize how many people belonged to that. But, you know, times were changing. Oh, yeah. It wasn't popular to just be a male situation and plus the fact there were females they needed to do business with i was told that many of the big deals in muncie Mm -hmm. were done back there in the card room oh yeah Um, it was kind of funny we made the card room into our production area and from the ceiling of the card room they had a an electrical outlet with a button coming on and all you had to do is sit at the card table and push the button and the little worker that was in the kitchen would come running out and answer whatever drink you wanted or whatever so it was that kind of thing oh, okay uh the they did have a bathroom that was designated as the women's room but it was full of junk <laughs> <laughs> so that's where i started i went to work on the bathroom and made it really a wonderful fun place with flowers Mm -hmm. and paintings on the wall and stone floor and and an oriental sink and it was it was quite lovely people would often come into fog just to go in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool were you born and raised here in muncie no i wasn't but i am an indiana girl okay okay i was born and bred in angola indiana I had a nefarious life, I would say. I was raised by my grandparents, 
who lived on a farm, a strawberry farm, in Laporte, Indiana. With my grandmother, I used to hoe and rake the strawberry plants and pick them and put them in little baskets and take them down to our roadside stand and sell them. I very quickly realized that if you sell two for the price of one, you get done sooner and can go play. So, What did your grandmother uh-huh. think about that? She didn't care. I, okay. She told me I could keep all that I made from it. So it was a learning experience, and I think it started me on my path toward retail. What brought you to Muncie? One of the many husbands I've had. Okay. okay. <laughs> I married my high school sweetheart, and he was a weatherman in, in Oregon. And we moved out there, and uh, later that year, he contacted Hodgkin's disease. And in those days, it was uh, a terrible cancer, and they had no cure for it. And so we spent um, much of the next year trying to cure this with David, but were unable to do it. When he died, uh, my parents, uh, my grandparents were still living in Indiana. And so I returned uh, looking for a job teaching, which is what I had been doing out in Oregon with David. And I found a job teaching art in Mishawaka and uh, took that job. One evening when I went to the uh, South Bend Art Center on Washington Street, I ran into a man named Tom Minkler, who I had known from IU. We struck up a friendship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The next thing you knew, I was Mrs. Minkler. (laughs) And uh, Tom's first, uh, he was teaching art in the South Bend schools, and mm, 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 not a happy man. And I said, you need to get him. MFA. And I said, who would you like to study with? And he said, Emil Wedge at the University of Michigan. So we were off to Ann Arbor. Off to Michigan. Where huh? I uh, ran a bed and breakfast for students Okay, and had my first child. I worked on my MFA too. And so at the end of the second year, I had not finished my MFA, but Tom had finished his and he took a job in, of all places, Douglas, Arizona. Now, Douglas, Arizona is a border town, and it's about 125 miles south of Tucson. Today, it's quite famous for the tunnels the Guzman built under the border. (laughs) But in those days, there wasn't that kind of thing going on. But I taught high school art there, and I had my second child. It was a good life, and I taught art history at the little college where Tom was teaching. It was an outpost, but as Tom said, you have to call ahead to have an accident on your way to Tucson, and you never passed a car. And uh, in those days, I drove through Tombstone, where I could have probably bought the copper kettle for $50. It was a dusty old deserted town. Now today, it's oh, a yeah. thriving art community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... Um, Tom came home from uh, the college market to inform me that he had taken a position in Muncie, Indiana at Ball State University. And I said, oh my God, it took me all this time to get out of Indiana and now we're going back. (laughs) But back we came and that was fine because I renewed several old friendships and we landed here in Muncie, and Roland Dargett called me from the community schools and said, I need an art teacher very badly, and off I went to teach art. And that was just the beginning of a long, long career in every school, every elementary school in Muncie, Indiana, every junior high and every high school I have taught in, and then the college. So teaching was my forte, and I loved to teach, you know. 
when you see that smile on a student's face that they get it, that they realize they have ability or talent, and that no one has ever pointed that out to them, that they have this worthwhile ability that many people don't have. And that was a joy to me always. I taught out at Delta also. One day I was teaching in one of the elementary schools. I passed the principal and he said, I understand you're divorced. And I said, yeah. He said, well, I couldn't date you anyway because we're both in the same school. And I I kept walking and I thought, was that a pass? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that turned out to be Mr. Johnson. And Jack and I were married the following year. And I went out to Delta to teach because at that time, two people couldn't be in the same school corporation. We began a life and we moved to the home that I am in now, where I've been 47 years, on the banks of the White River, out on Burlington, which I dearly love. Jack built me a wonderful studio there, a two-story studio, and made a wonderful home for the boys and I, and the boys used to play in the river and really enjoy it. My greatest supporter was Jack Johnson, and when I discovered that I had something going with the cow clock, Jack said, take a sabbatical. So with fear and trembling, I did. And in the first two months, I'd made more money than I ever made teaching school. Oh, wow. And uh, we were off and running. Yes. Now, aren't you sorry you asked me that? (laughs) No, I think that's fascinating. I think that's great. Now, you mentioned the studio. You're creative. Yes. Do you still create and do things? During this pandemic, I've had the ability to paint daily. You've got to be careful what you wish for because I always had said, oh, I wish I could paint every day. Well, now I can. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you stumble upon making the cow clock and what... How did you decide that that's what you're going to do? Uh, a friend of mine's daughter had a daughter who was marrying an aide to Luger in Washington. And this daughter had dated my son for a while. And I think the woman was trying to one-up me when she said, huh, well, she's getting married to an aide to Luger in Washington <laughs> at the Hilton. And I said, oh. And so I thought, well, what do you send for a gift for that? And I thought, ah, oh, well... You can't take the girl out of Indiana. Mm-hmm. I made a cow head. And I said to my husband, Jack, who could fix a toaster, fix a car, fix anything. And I said to Jack, hey, Jack, put a clock part in this so that the hands are the whiskers. I can put a tongue on it and make it a pendulum. He said, oh, you can't do that. And I said, oh, but you can. <laughs> and surely he did. And we sent it off to Washington, D.C. for the wedding present. Well, I will have you know that that was, there was silver and crystal and everything on the present table, but everybody went, where did you get the cow clock? Because, of course, where is everybody in Washington from? The Midwest. So immediately I had 600 orders, and so I said to my son, go get your girlfriend and her girlfriend and anybody else you can find. We're making cow clocks. And he said, what? (laughs) But that was the beginning when we started there on my kitchen table out by the White River. What did you like most about being in business for so so long? Or maybe what you didn't like. (laughs) Actually, yes. Actually, the joy of being in business was very strange to me. Uh, I didn't think that I would be native to it. And uh, I discovered very rapidly what a spreadsheet was. The first person I said that said to me, where do you want to be in five years? I thought, 
oh my colleague. But anyway, you catch up really fast. And I went to the bank and I said, I need a loan. And of course, Tom Miller at the time, my banker said to me at Old National, you've got three strikes against you. One, you're a woman. Mm -hmm. Two, you're an artist. And three, you don't have any money to put down. And I talked him into it. (laughs) (laughs) And was just $2,000. This was a time when the crafts market was just starting to explode. Mm -hmm. And I was on the cusp of that. And I took the $2,000, started out at the studio on Burlington, and went to my first art fair out in the wind and rain and everything and I took my my son with me we didn't even have it was so funny we used what they make chicken coops out of but he had formed it in a kind of semicircle, and I could hang my paper earrings on the little racks and we were in Columbus Ohio along the river at the art fair there and at the end of the day we both had the top of our heads were so sunburned we couldn't even touch them and I was taking a shower and I heard someone laughing madly and I walked out and my son is laying on the bed throwing money up in the air and he said, Mom, we're a success. (laughs) Well, you can't say that to an artist because if you sell one pair of earrings, then a hundred are good. And if you sell one cow clock, then a hundred are better. And if a cow is good, a pig is best. And if a pig is best, a dog is great. And so I was off and running, yeah. And there were many art fairs and many professional wholesale shows after that in three different foreign countries. And by the time I sold the gallery, we were in 1,600 galleries in 14 countries. Wow, that's amazing. As a divorced woman with two children, I realized that uh, the road wasn't paved with diamonds. And uh, I was determined that it would not be a man that would take me there. I gave it my best. It took a lot of hard work. Much of my life sounds like, oh, how lucky you were, right place, right time. Well, you've got to be at the right place in the right time, but it's got to take a lot of hard work to get you there. I think that it all boils down to learning how to actually work a room. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very, very important to be a friendly, kind, and loving person and to do a lot of stop looking and listening. So often we don't listen. And people want to tell you their story. People want to talk to you. You have the person before you that deserves your kindness and your empathy. And suddenly that person becomes a friend. And then that friend becomes another friend. And that friend leads to another friend. And before you know it, when you are in need, there's a network for you. I think that's the message that I would give to most women, that they need to learn how to work a room. Men learned that a long time ago. Last question I wanted to ask. As a woman in you know, owning your own business and in the workforce, have you come across pushback because oh you're a woman? I'm sure you have. <laughs> oh, my, yes. Well, if you understand the fact that I was a child of the 50s who thought, Prince Charming would come on a white horse and I kissed a lot of toads. The thing about it is, is that, yes, men were not very pleased to allow women to enter the business world when I first started. But they also appreciated hard work and, as I said, kindness and friendship and a willingness to listen. There are a lot of ways to get 
to break the glass ceiling, and it doesn't always have to be through the front door. Now, I don't mean for a woman to spread their legs, (laughs) but I do mean for a woman to be gentle and kind and to listen. Often when we walked into a gallery, the gallery owner would come toward my husband and say, Mr. Fogg, it's so good to meet you. And my husband would say, oh, no, she's the fog. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. But those things can all be overcome with a smile. Now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. So number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? Well, we have to go way back to the Rolling Stones. That's okay. That's a good answer. Yes. Now, what's your what's your favorite Stones song you love? <sighs> Can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> Are you an early bird or a night owl? Because of owning a business, I learned to be an early bird. Because of teaching, I was always an early bird, and I am a night owl. I find that I only take about five hours of sleep. What's your favorite book? My favorite book, and you'll... You'll probably laugh about this, but one that I go back to and read many, many times is Moby Dick. Okay. That's a long book. That's a a book. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever met anyone famous? Yes, I'm sure you have, yes. Yes, indeed. I remember one night in particular that was really great. Uh, This isn't a short answer, but I have to tell you the whole story. That's okay. We'll take the stories. Um, I was doing an a New York show. I had been invited to an after show party at one of the gallery owners. It was a, a triplex in uh, Soho. I had gone to that. There was a lot of drinking. It's, uh, this is the Studio 54 time, so okay. there's a great deal People going People were having on. lots of fun. Yes, but I'm an Indiana girl. <laughs> so I was looking for a cup of coffee. <laughs> And I had gone into the kitchen and was looking around for it. And someone behind me said, eh, what are you up to, bird? And I turned and, yes, it was my hero. It was Mick Jagger. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but Dustin Hoffman was at the party, and I can go on and on. Yes. That's amazing. You know, the beautiful people are there. I've sold many cow clocks, many shoes, many pieces to the likes of Elizabeth Taylor on down all the way from the president. Yes. Lamps for the Reagan White House. So, yeah. Oh, that's really neat. What's your guilty pleasure? Scotch. Ooh. Any any particular brand? The better they are, the better it is. (laughs) Excellent. What's your favorite movie? I suppose it has to be Gone with the Wind, which I've seen in numerous amount of times but i was rather taken with the recent one the shape of water that one was really that one good was too. very good what's your hidden talent hidden talent you have many talents <laughs> something you're good at that most people wouldn't know well for sure it's not singing my kids refer to me as a really good cook but i think art and cooking go together yeah it's a form of art i think so this goes along with the other one a little bit. Do you sing in the shower? <laughs> Not if anybody could hear me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How about the car? Sometimes I do. As a matter of fact, one of the accidents I had was because I was singing in my car along with the, you know, they have wonderful stereos in cars, and I took a corner too fast. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? They're both good, just as long as they have the bar scene. Okay. 
What's your most used emoji on your phone? You would have to say the smiling face, but most people that get texts from me would say the cockeyed one. Okay. I like that one too. That's good. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. No problem. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Bye. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! We are officially in 2021. At least it's not 2020 anymore. I know. That year, wow. I think 2021 might be a little bit of the same for a little bit longer, but here's crossing our fingers that 2021 is starting out stronger than 2020. So what do we have planned for the Gone Boss podcast? We're into year three. We are into year three. So, um, well, you might have heard me promoting that... um, our 100th episode was coming up. You were thinking that was before the end of the year. I did. I thought it was the end of January. And I thought December. you were making a big deal. And I'm like, wait, if I do the adding correctly in If my you head, do the adding correctly and include the... Um, eight episodes. Eight episodes we did from home. But I don't think they were real. Well, we were at home. They were real. We still talked to people. But, but they you, can't count. you did not put them in the count as far as the episode count. Correct. And so I was counting as far as weeks go and not as far as episode titles go. So there was a miscommunication on our part as to when is actually our 100th episode. <laughs> as you know, there is 52 weeks in a year. That is true. We take off two weeks for Christmas, New Year. Yeah. So that's 50 episodes each year that we do. Correct. So while well, last year... So theoretically, it should have been the end of, the, of December. In December, we should have had our 100th episode. But if you take away those eight weeks... Yes. Our 100th episode is still coming up. It is still coming up. You did not miss it. So there is still time to get in your questions or your comments or anything else you want to share with us. So anyway, it's coming up soon. Yes. So get your questions in, your comments, your answers to your burning questions and desires and things like that. Let us know what those are. And then we will have our 100th episode. And also, if you notice, our intro was a little different. A little different. There, why is that? There is one word that has changed in our intro. Well, tell us about it and why. Well, it was because of me. It was my idea. We just yes. changed one word. And it's, so we used to say, what is the Gone Boss podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we interview awesome women in our community. Yeah. And that's great. And that's still primarily what we're going to do. But I think we should, as we are growing and learning and evolving as people and things, we want to make sure that we're as inclusive as possible. Yeah. So I want to, to change it to, now you'll hear us say, where we interview awesome people in our community um, to include people who are non-binary or gender fluid or whatever the case may be. So I wanted to be inclusive. Now, that does not mean that if you've got an awesome dude, you know, boss guy that he's going to be on the show no because i still think there's plenty of room just like we talked about with ann johnson and all that there are there's plenty of room for dudes to talk and be recognized and tell their stories and stuff like that so we're going to still primarily be women focused it's still good girl gone boss because i am still a good girl who has gone boss i thought you were going to change it to good people gone boss i thought about it but it doesn't have the same ring no it doesn't and i thought about just I'm not sure I could I I could stand for that. Well, that's that's, <laughs> not, that's fine. But and I thought about dropping Good Girl completely from it, and we kind of do. We just call it the Gone Boss Podcast. Yeah. Um. So we should do that in year four. What? Drop it. Drop it. Okay. Well, and we'll, we'll be the Gone Boss Podcast. We could just be like a logo by then, like Prince was the the, the like symbol. an apple. Yeah. 
like an apple or like Prince symbol or like the Nike swoosh or whatever. Yeah. Be like that. Everybody will know no. what, what it's all about. No. Right no. here in Muncie, they will. <laughs> well, here in Muncie, they might, and that's fine. So we're still going to focus on women and things like that, but I want to open it up to people who might not identify on the gender spectrum quite that same way. That's very progressive of you. I'm trying. We're, we're learning and changing and trying to trying to grow. No wonder you're the boss. Darn right. I totally want to play Who's the Boss uh, theme song. There's right more now. to life than what you're living. So take a step and da da da. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone boss.